0: Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20
1: Uhr. Herzlich Willkommen zu Ask Lou & Lada Number 8 with Burlesque on Air, der weltweit ersten Burlesque-Radiosendung mit den Burlesque-Stars Lady Lou und Lada Red Star. Ich bin Susanne und als Co-Moderatorin dabei. Bei Ask Lou & Lada könnt ihr den beiden eure Fragen stellen zu Liebe, Verführung, Styling, Burlesque und vieles mehr. Ihr könnt fragen, was ihr wollt. Eure Fragen könnt ihr per Mail stellen an at gmail.com oder ihr könnt uns sogar Sprachnachrichten hinterlassen über den Facebook Messenger. Die Fragen gehen an facebook.com slash onair. In der heutigen Sendung haben wir einen ganz besonderen Gast, Dallas De La Force, eine der berühmtesten und schönsten Drag Queens der Welt. Mit ihr haben wir unter anderem ein Video Tutorial gedreht, in dem sie mir ein Drag Queen Make-up verpasst. Das wird später auf unserer YouTube Playlist veröffentlicht, die ihr über unsere Facebook Seite Burlesque on Air findet. Außerdem sprechen wir über Fußfetischismus und Lady Lou's Schwangerschaft und ihr Sexleben. Also, hallo Lady Lou und hallo Lada Redstar. Hallo listeners,
2: this is Lady Lou here. Hello, dear listeners of Alex Radio. This is La, the Red Star. And you know, when we are back, the sex is back. You know, when we are back, the showgirl dream is back. And I know you missed us. I know you're curious to know all of our stories. I know you want to ask us all of the questions that you're hiding inside you and you don't know who to ask to. And we're going to have many of them today. Actually, one very special about food fetishism. So quite a common fetishism. Let's talk about it. But most of all, this is a very special episode, because we have a very special guest today. It's Dallas De Force, who is going to teach us all the secrets of drag queens and tell us more about his um, art career. And we're going to have him as a guest in our studios later on in the show. And we are recording today uh, an amazing video tutorial, of course, it's a makeup drag queen video tutorial. I know you all want to know the secrets of contouring and uh, enhancing the beauties of your face. So this is exactly what Dallas Della Force is gonna do on Suzanne on our next video tutorial. So check it on our YouTube channel. And you can find the links of our YouTube videos on our Facebook page. I know that you, you're curious about one thing every month and it's the sex life of Lady Lou, of our pregnant Lady Lou. Very pregnant. So <laughs> So the previous episode in June was about Lady Lou being sexually completely in- unactive, so yeah. <laughs> nothing was happening about uh, fetishisms over food or
3: such things. So what's going on this month, Lady Lou? Okay, well, I'm now seven months pregnant <gasps> and uh, rather large, and round, in a good way. Um, and yeah sorry to disappoint you ladies but still there's there's no uh hanky panky for lady lou at the moment uh the close i think the closest thing i got to sexual interaction was doing this antenatal uh, class with my husband in the weekend and uh, there's a part where they uh, teach you when you're going into labor and it's extremely painful you're having your contractions what the husband can do is grab hold of your butt and like really grab both butt cheeks and lift up and down and up and down and really shake the butt and it's called shaking the apples and uh, so they have to do this in the class so i'm surrounded by about 10 very pregnant women and their partners shaking their butts, shaking the apples. And it actually feels really good. It <laughs> was my favourite part of the class. Uh, so that was, yeah, the closest uh, yeah I got to any kinkiness. But anyway, I do have a little story for you, if you like. It's a really great story from a very good friend of mine. I
2: love your stories, lady. Okay, so
3: she was... Uh, very close to her due date, she was really about to pop any day and it was her first child and her husband was out for the day and she was home alone and she thought to herself okay I have to make the most of every day I have now by myself before this time is over and uh, so she was like okay what can i do what can i do to make use of my time and she thought she would reacquaint herself with an old friend her vibrator yes she thought oh why not you know it could be the last time in quite a long time i get any action and uh, so she got her old vibrator out dusted it off and off she went and then she really enjoyed it and then, pop, her water's broke. Oh! There was water everywhere. And she, oh my goodness. She's like, oh my god, here it is, it's time, it's time, it's time. She called her husband, said, honey, honey, my water's broke, you have to come home, you have to take me to my midwife. And he rushed home, and off they went to the midwife, and they arrived there, and uh, she said, yes, my water's broken. The uh, the midwife examined her, and she finished the examination, and she said, "Um, so w- what was it exactly? T- tell me, like, what were you doing when the waters broke?" Um, and uh, yeah, my friend, she sat there all, which were very shy and red in the face, with both her husband and her midwife staring at her for the answer, and she's, oh, um, um. Um, And then her husband started looking, what were you doing? And she said, oh, um, well, I was using my vibrator. (laughs) And the midwife, with a big smile on her face, said, well, honey, your waters are completely intact still. Have you ever heard of a thing called female ejaculation? (laughs) So yes, it was a different kind of water. And, uh, yeah, so from that day forward, she knew that, uh, yeah, the experience of the female ejaculation. So
2: And um, dear listeners, if you don't know the secrets of female ejaculation, you have missed our previous episode. We actually had a squirtmeister present in our studios a couple of episodes ago. So you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesque on air and find that episode or on our SoundCloud as well. And there's a little video tutorial on how to achieve female orgasm, female ejaculation. So, um, if you want to know the secrets of this, just check our previous episode, and and you will know more about it. I'm sure that your friend, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) She was listening to us and we inspired her. (laughs) And Lady Lou, the big moment is getting closer and closer for you as well. And I hope it's going to be as exciting as the one from your friend but I'm very 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 sad to announce to our listeners that Lady Lou is going to take a baby break for a few months and I'm going to be left alone why are you leaving me mommy
3: I will be back soon my lovely Lada you have to be captain of the ship while I'm away but I'm sure you're uh, more than capable and kinky enough to uh, do it all on your own
2: so listeners, as you have already understood, I think the dynamic of our radio show was Lady Lou giving very serious advices and me being a little bit crazy, so if I'm gonna be left alone, this is gonna, this is gonna go bad, which is good, I'm gonna have guests, um, and we'll see where is that gonna take us, but we're gonna have a monthly little Skype meeting with uh, Lady Lou every month, so she's still gonna be with us, but not in our
1: studios. Lady Lou ist bereits im siebten Monat schwanger und ihr Sexleben liegt brach. Das, was dem Sex am nächsten gekommen ist, war eine Übung aus dem Geburtsvorbereitungskurs. Um der Frau die Wehen zu erleichtern, greift der Mann richtig stark an ihre Pobacken und schüttelt sie sehr fest. Diese Übung nennt sich Äpfelschütteln und hat sich für Lady Lou verdammt gut angefühlt. Auch wenn bei ihr selbst nicht viel passiert, hat sie eine nette Story von einer ihrer Freundinnen auf Lager. Diese war kurz vor der Entbindung und allein zu Hause und kam auf die Idee, mit ihrem Vibrator zu spielen. Dabei genoss sie diesen Akt sehr und plopp, plötzlich war alles voller Wasser. Sie rief ihren Mann an, damit der sie zu ihrer Hebamme bringt. Die Hebamme fragte dann, was sie gemacht hat, bevor das Wasser aus ihr herausbrach und nach ein paar Momenten peinlichen Schweigens gab sie dann zu, dass sie sich mit dem Vibrator vergnügt hatte. Daraufhin schmunzelte die Hebamme und sagte, die Fruchtwasserblase ist noch völlig intakt, aber hast du jemals etwas von weiblicher Ejakulation gehört? Tja, das war die Ursache und wenn ihr wissen wollt, wie genau die weibliche Ejakulation funktioniert, gibt es dazu auch ein Video-Tutorial auf unserer YouTube-Playlist. Ja, und weil Lady Lu auch kurz vor ihrer Entbindung steht, wird sie uns leider für ein paar Monate verlassen müssen. Die Sendung wird dann von Lada Redstar mit verschiedenen Gasthosts moderiert. Und wir schalten immer wieder Lady Lou per Skype dazu.
3: Now another important topic to talk about within the burlesque community worldwide. Um, Sadly, we lost one of our very, very important, very famous burlesque legends, Blaze Star. And uh, the whole community has been spending moments thinking about her, reading her biographies, looking at pictures and um, just we would like to take a moment to also um, talk about Blaze Star and uh, Lada Star. you're She is one of your biggest idols, right? Muses. She's
2: not one of my, she is the burlesque star that inspired me. Not, you know, not in my personal style and stuff, but just in her way of expressing her sexuality in such a raw and sincere way. You could really see that she enjoyed it and uh, actually in the beginning of my career I modeled with a very famous burlesque photographer Neil Kendall wearing her costumes uh, her original costumes from the 50s and it just I really felt like her spirit got inside me and she's always been so present in my career indirectly of course and unfortunately I was never able to meet her, I actually tried to reach her to have her as a guest in our radio show and that unfortunately didn't work out because she sort of retired many years ago and um, uh, she just started making little jewelries and things to sell but... She never really wanted to be so present anymore in the burlesque scene. I guess she sort of thought that everybody should remember her the way she was at the time. But um, I think all of us we have one of those stars from the past that just inspired us so much, although we never met them. And... They're disappearing every year, some of them, Tura Satana, Haji, and it's very touching when you see them on stage on the Burlesque Hall of Fame, and a few months after they're not there, and they were still so powerful in that stage, and they were expressing their life through their sexuality in such a strong and powerful way still, and then they just disappear, and it just reminds you how life just goes and that's it. We really have to live it until the until the end and especially for us performers, we have to live it on stage until the end with so much passion, it's just like she was doing it, you know. And She had so many fantastic stories to tell and I think it's very important for our show what we're doing, that we're interviewing those digents because at least those stories are going to be recorded forever. and. I think it's one of my really biggest regrets with our radio show is that we couldn't have her online with us. So, um, I think one of the lessons of this is just follow the legends on on Facebook if they are there. Try to contact them in any way, just record those stories and not to make them disappear. I think one of the regrets, for example, regrets with my grandma is that I always... I think I should have asked her more, for more, you know, even just like little tips about hairstyling, for example, I always have these regrets, so I think we're going to try to have more and more legends uh, on our radio show in the next episode.
3: And for those listeners who are not familiar with Blaze Star, she was one of the biggest and most famous burlesque performers of the 50s. Um, and we will post a YouTube link of her most famous video and performance, which is um, titled The Doctor. And she's on a lounge um, chair, and uh, you can really see in this video her fiery spirit. And uh, where she got the name Miss Spontaneous Combustion, the hottest blaze in burlesque. Um, and in her peak of her career, she was earning up to $1,500 per week. So she, this woman was hot stuff. So take a look at our Facebook page and you can check her out. And now, Lada and I have picked out a song that we would like to dedicate to Blaze Star, and that's Unforgettable by Nat King Cole.
0: Unforgettable, that's what you are. has someone been born? Unforgettable in every way And forevermore And forevermore That's how you'll stay That's how
3: We are recording live from the teepee, and we have the pleasure of interviewing one of the most beautiful drag queens in the world, and one of the most famous and talented, Dallas Delaforce. I can't
2: say how excited I am to have him in our show, and it's such a huge honor to have you here, Dallas. I'm so excited, I'm so happy you accepted, so welcome to Burlesque on Air.
5: Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> la 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 Lady Lou and la 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 Lada, la. thank you so much for having me, I'm so excited to be here.
2: But, I mean you're such an inspiration, like your face is a piece of art, it's just... I can't stop looking at you and on stage you're this magnificent creature that... I just have like tears in my eyes every time that I look at you, it's so amazing, so.
5: Usually people have tears in their eyes for the wrong reason when they see me perform. (laughs) Maybe for for
2: gagging on you?
5: (laughs) I usually have to pass around some eye soap after I've been on stage so people can wash their eyes out.
3: (laughs) And uh, Dallas is a unique performer in the way that he is completely self-created Artist, For example, he does his own hair and makeup styling, own costuming, um, and I guess own inspiration and choreography for acts. So, yeah, it's a, a unique performer that can do this so well. Um, and also you uh, design costumes for the briefs, uh, brief boys, don't you? Or
5: Yeah, that's right. I, I love designing for the briefs, uh, not only because they're such great, People, but they're such brilliant, unique characters. It's actually really exciting and um, and dynamic to work with them. But yeah, my, my background is in fashion design. I, um, I studied fashion design uh, after high school. And for me, you know, performance and drag uh, incorporates all of the things that I love about design. For me, it's about making a complete image. Uh, and not necessarily even about Things being perfect, but creating something that's larger than life so that it really uh, puts across a complete visual story.
2: So what is, what, what, what would you say is the message that you want to spread with your performances? What is like, what is, yeah, the original thing that you want to share with
5: the world. Um, I'd like to say kill everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hang on, that's what divine said. Sorry, yeah. that's not me. <laughs> no, look, I um I'm not sure that I necessarily have a message other than, you know, to be completely immersed in anything that you're passionate about. I think that's the most, you know, exciting and wonderful thing about drag and performance of any nature.
2: Still you're so original like you're really really unique you're just not a drag queen you're a drag super queen
4: like <laughs> stopping <it. laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm such a huge fan this radio show is just going to be me like <laughs> <laughs> loving you <laughs>
5: I'm a fan of yours. A huge
3: (laughs) one. There's something our listeners have to know is that uh, burlesque performers, we love drag queens and vice versa, I think, because there is a lot of similarities between drag queens and female burlesque performers. For example, um, when I'm teaching my students, uh, the new girls, and uh, teaching them about styling especially, and they're often really shy in the beginning to put on too much makeup and... um, I tell them, you know what, girls, you got to put that makeup on. And if you look in the mirror and you think, oh, my God, I look like a drag queen, then you know
5: you've got it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, no, it's a, oh it's about God. being fearless, yes. isn't it? It's about, yes. and I think the important thing is not to hold yourself back because, you know, even making mistakes, that's the most, the, the most valuable thing you can do. Mm. So I say, especially with makeup, whack it on, have some fun with it and, and play yeah. with it. And
2: oh, my God, let's talk about it. Like, my first performance. Prefer- performance, I was wearing less makeup than today I wear during the day.
5: <laughs> On stage. It gets more So bad. But I
2: think yeah. I think I didn't even wear false eyelashes that day. Yeah. That's how bad it was. You don't need
5: lashes. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but there's just so much potential, so much fun and so many things you can do with over exaggerating femininity. And there's so many um, artistic ways and techniques um, of expressing femininity. So, um, and I think drag queens are the pinnacle of this kind of expression and fun as well. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, there's a sense of irreverence that comes with drag that's really, uh, really exciting. But it's also interesting for me uh, because I feel like a lot of, and I love exploring uh, different notions of femininity, but I also don't feel like women should have to all women should have to take on those those things that are forced on them by society. And in, a, in a, some way, drag and burlesque performers are commentators on those kind of conditioning, the condi- conditionings that uh, have been forced upon women too. None of these things are naturally, things like, you know, wearing high heels and, yeah. and makeup and all that kind of stuff, they're not necessarily naturally uh, something that's natural to a woman, however, we've made a culture of it and it's really exciting. Exactly.
2: But I think it's our like a woman's way to reappropriate, like saying, Look, now it's not man, now it's not somebody else ch- forced me to do it, but I'm choosing to it's do it.
5: Empowering, incredible, yes, empowering. totally, yeah, totally. Yes.
2: So, tell us a little bit. Why are you so inspired by women? Why do you love us so much? <laughs> yeah.
5: I'd be dead if it wasn't for women, you know, I, they, I live for women. I, you know, from the very earliest age, you know, I used to dress up as girls all the time. I remember when I was a little boy, uh, there was a man who came to our property and there was a little girl who was dancing around with curly hair and a skirt on and she spun around and all of a sudden he said, holy shit, that little girl's a boy. <laughs> it was me and I had no underwear on. No! Me.
3: <laughs> Great, so that brings me to my next question. Tell us a bit about your background. Uh, where are you from? And, yeah, I, so from a very early age you uh, got into um, your feminine side, but was it accepted in your environment, in your family, and where you... Uh,
5: Yeah, that's an an interesting question. You know, I grew up uh, in a hippie community um, called Bundagen, which is in Australia, and it was actually a really beautiful, idyllic, you know, way to grow up. I lived in a teepee for the first (laughs) five years of my life. and my parents were very, very accepting and very, very kind to me, and they let me do whatever I want wanted. But there were people around who criticised them for that and who were not so um, approving of my uh, extracurricular activities.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, at, at what age did you really start exploring your drag side?
5: Um. Because I, I think, you know, my my drag debut was probably, I think it was like at the age of seven or eight, maybe, <laughs> as Dame Edna Everidge Jr. Oh. <laughs> In a cabaret uh, at at Bundagen. And my yeah. stepmother coached me through it. And she's like, you could say this, and <laughs> you could say that. And she was really, really amazing. And that's probably when I really got bitten by the bug.
3: Right. Dame
5: Edna, oh fabulous. <laughs> She's amazing, so yeah, the genius. the glasses and
3: the yes. hair, wonderful. So Dallas, do you have a song that you would like our listeners to hear?
5: Yes, it's a little bit of an off choice, but one of my favourite songs is Window Licker by Afix Twin. The video clip is so incredibly fucked up and it's so deliciously gender bending. Um, I think there's something in it for everyone.
0: Creatives Radio für Berlin. Alex guckste, Hörste klickste.
2: Okay, so we just listened to Windows Liquor by Apex Twin. Now let's go back to our interview with Dallas De La Force, our muse, uh, the costume designer from the briefs. So tell us a little bit more about the costume that you have designed and tell us like maybe one special project for you. What is the costume that you're most proud of?
5: You know, it's not actually any one costume. One of the most exciting things about joining Briefs was, apart from the fact that I absolutely adored them um, from afar and we kind of had a long-distance uh, romance on some level, um, was when Fez, the uh, MC, initially, or Shivana initially uh, pitched the idea for the show to me. And there was a few small ideas in there. And one of them was uh, to use Rasheen Murphy's track, or Crooker's track, Royal Tea. And i had always wanted to do that number, but it never made sense as one performer because it has a very kind of up and down sound. And then actually staging it with three, uh, four different performers and doing it in a very dramatic way, it actually, it was perfect. And costuming that I think was the most exciting thing um, that's when I knew that I had to be in briefs.
2: Oh, and you brought so much to the show because I saw briefs in the uh, the first show that I did. And of course it was fierce, it was great, it was male and stuff, and you brought like some sort of uh, feminine and light magic in the show that wasn't existing. I think it was actually missing, you know, so I think you're such a great add to the show. And. But coming back to the costumes, I also know that you made the costumes for a very famous drag queen that has been RuPaul's Drag Race, so you actually, yes, Courtney acts. And uh, I met her in Vienna. She's super sweet. She's
0: beautiful.
2: Yeah, she's beautiful and sweet and talented. And she has a new album coming out called Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope.
5: It's going to be amazing. Check it out. It's
2: going to be amazing. So you actually did uh, one of the costumes that she wore on RuPaul's Drag Race. Tell us about it.
5: I did. And I was so excited. I was so proud of her. She was really, really incredible. Um, Interestingly enough, I was making... Her gown, uh, at the same time as I was making the Australian flag costumes uh, for briefs.
2: <laughs> so is it the same fabric? You just <laughs> use the same fabric?
5: No, I would <laughs> never do that. I'm not that cheap. <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but it, I was so excited that she was going on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was one of the few who actually knew she was doing it. Um, and so I also, you know, I helped her out as much as I could. And I think she really did us proud. It was amazing. Uh, But also, you know, those costumes are a political statement. You know, another designer, um, Peter Morrissey, did uh, a shirt with the Aboriginal flag over the Australian flag many years ago. And I wanted to do another version of that, but one that was even more prominently proud of our indigenous uh, community. And also, you know, making the statement that we have actually invaded their country and uh, we have a lot to be answerable for.
2: Yeah, and it's. I think it's really great that you can make a political statement with glamour. And glamour is not only about being light and, you know, not think about things. It can be political as well. It's great when you can, like, unite those two sides in just one costume.
5: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, even every time you step out of... Your door in drag—it's a political act, you know.
2: Yeah, of freedom and just being able to be yourself. Absolutely. But talking about costumes and designers, I know there's one particular design that you really love. You know, have. My God, and you have met him recently, and. A bit of your costumes are inspired by his creation, so just tell us about Thierry Mugler.
5: Oh Oh my God! (laughs) Meeting my my favourite designer was an absolute epoch in my life. It was incredible. He was here the other night for an event, and I walked out of the door to have a photo taken, and I could see a man looking at me as I walked out. I looked at him and I realised it was Thierry Mugler. And I walked over to him and I went, I'm so sorry, but this is a rip-off of your style. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes, and it's very good. Um, and He it said was... something
2: like, there are a few elements that I spot. Well, How did he say that? What did he say exactly?
5: Uh, he, uh, 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 I can't remember exactly what he said. Might have been a tiny bit tipsy, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was like, yes, this is all very good. Uh, all the elements are there. All the
2: elements are there. Yeah, that was
5: it. Yeah, and then uh, I was like, oh, wait a second. I'm. I'll be back in a minute. And next time I'll be wearing real Moogla. <laughs> and so I came back uh, ten minutes later, wearing my favorite thing that I own, which is my Moogla suit. And he, I could tell that he didn't realize that it was actually. Moogla because he, he kind of picked up the the uh the cuff of the suit and he's looking and he went that is really good like no this is you and he's like oh spring spring summer blah 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 and it was very cool because yeah and then he complimented me on my uh my makeup and my eyebrows
3: oh congratulations
5: that's it was pretty amazing and then he left <laughs> <laughs> well halfway through the other show that was on.
3: Okay, not your show. No. no, no oh, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, 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 no,
5: no, no.
3: So, Dallas, um, the cliche idea about drag queens, especially since um, RuPaul's drag um, show has started, is that it's a really bitchy, feisty, catfight kind of scene. Is it? Is that cliche true?
5: It can be, but... I mean, that's part of the uh, exciting energy that drag is about. I don't personally subscribe to that kind of headspace, but it's the, the, the bitchy uh, and angsty side of things, especially on stage, can actually be quite fabulous on some levels. I believe in kindness and being good to people around you. Um, but the only time when people are actually really, really bitchy, it's just coming from a place of... Uh, of Insecurity? That's the one! <laughs> <laughs> definitely,
3: definitely. It's always the bitchiest ones, the most insecure. Exactly. They hide know, it with many layers, but in, inside, yeah.
5: Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, as a baby drag queen starting out uh, and rising up through the ranks, you know no one who was ever worth their salt was anything but incredibly lovely supportive yeah. and amazing all of the best people yeah. i've ever met the most talented people have always been so supportive and kind
2: yeah it's so true and i got asked that que- that same question for the burlesque world like oh how is it you know perform with the girls there must be so 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 much bitchy attitude and stuff and it's exactly yeah. the same answer like None of the burlesque stars are bitchy, not one single one of them. They're just like kind women and so generous and of course everyone has their own personality and maybe you don't get like super along with every single one of them. But it's always like a friendly attitude in the backstages and it's exactly the same thing and I don't think you could get absolutely anywhere
3: with having absolutely. a bitchy attitude. It's
2: gonna get you maybe a little bit one step far, but then you're gonna stop there. You're not gonna you're never gonna get to the top by being that way.
3: So I have a question um, for you now that will help some of my students. Um, Now, my burlesque students, I encourage them, of course, to get into burlesque costume making because it's a very important part of the job. Totally. And uh, there are many of them who say, oh, but I can't sew. I I don't know how to use a sewing machine. I can't do that. And then they just give up. I try as much as I can to give them a... Gentle kick in the ass and Perfect. say that um, it's, it's it's the same as riding a bike. You you attempt it, you can't do it, and then you say, "I can't ride a bike." It's just ridiculous. Everyone can ride a bike. So get on that sewing machine and teach yourself. <laughs> and uh, is, is there any tips that you could give these girls who really must learn these basic costume making skills? Um, any tips that you can give them to make that a bit easier?
5: Lady Lou, I could not agree with you more. You know, it's sewing is so simple. It's so basic. It's actually really easy. I mean, I can't stand doing it, but it's <laughs> there's some really, really logical elements to it, um, and it's just about again having a go and not being afraid of messing up. Get a piece of material, cut it up, drape it on yourself, pin it so it looks like something. Then stitch it in the places that you, you know, you think it should be. Who cares if it doesn't work? You don't have to wear it out. But have fun with it.
3: Yeah, and every mistake you learn from.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. God, I mean, I've made a plethora of mistakes. In fact, I'm still making some, you know, as we speak.
2: I want to know about it. I always, I'm always curious in interview to know about like the difficult moments that every performer had or like the doubts like some moments of doubt and how do you get over it were there any moment in your career where you didn't know where you were standing what were you doing you thought you were on the wrong path and how did you get over that
5: yeah yeah often and you know it's not something that that uh, that ends i think it's a journey and you often find yourself in situations where you're questioning exactly what you're doing um and I don't think, I I think that's really, really normal. Um, But for me, like one of the biggest uh, difficulties I've had with performing, you know, being someone who's self-taught, you know, I didn't go to a college to learn how to perform. I didn't, you know, go to a circus school. My skills are somewhat intangible um, because they're all, I'm a self-made kind of person. I started performing, and I was terrible at the beginning. <laughs> Some people may say I'm terrible now, but <laughs> who cares? But you know, I I uh, I put myself out there, and I did it. And you know, I I'm really happy with where I am now. But yeah, I think everyone has those doubts.
2: And so, before performing with the briefs, which kind of gigs were you doing? Tell us a little bit about. I want to know what happened. Who were you before the briefs? I want to know. Well, it's
5: interesting. You know, I started as a queer performer. I, you know, was performing in clubs like Club Kookie in Sydney and and uh, very underground kind of places. But I also had then moved into a very kind of mainstream gay uh, arena, and I performed, you know, in on the Oxford Street Strip, you know, seven nights a week, and. It was a really interesting learning ground because they aren't, you know, the the mainstream audiences. I wouldn't say are exactly my people, but trying uh, learning how to make them love you is a really great thing to be able to communicate to people. You know, my ethos is very about very much about walking the line of what you want to show people and what they want to see.
3: And do you have a particular song that you would associate with your original drag clubbing days?
5: Yes. Uh, this song's called uh, Dirty Fucking Whore <laughs> uh, by the band uh, Machine Gun Fellatio. And the vocalist <laughs> is, um, is Krista Hughes, who is an amazing artist, brilliant singer, and, and a good friend now. Um, yeah, and for me, that really epitomises that time. Great.
4: My darling the stars they shine for you. My darling the
6: birds
4: (laughs) Twitter for you. My darling my heart skips a beat
1: whenever
4: I think of you. And under this moonlit sky I pray and dream that I will be the one, will be the one that you bend. Over and bang, wooden hard from behind, have me on all fours howling at the sky a good long suck then you'll give me a good hard fuck squeeze my tits all big and bouncy then spunk all over my body i want to be your butt hot greasy slut greasy slut begging for more for i can't get enough can't get enough when i leave your tool Tool. you You stop warning soggy i won't stop then Oh, no, no, no. I'll become your little leg-humping doggy. Let me be your dirty fucking hoe.
3: Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. So that was Dirty Fucking Whore by Machine Gun Fellatio.
2: So funny to hear with your heavily little
3: voice. It sounded delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got another question for you, Dallas. Uh, what is the most common misconception about drag queens?
5: Oh, that is a really, really interesting one. Um, I think... The most common misconception is that uh, that drag somehow bubbles over into their sexual life. I think I mean, and don't get me wrong, I know lots of girls who like having fun with boys and other people when they're dressed up. But uh, for a lot of people, it's it's a theatrical outlet. It's you know, it's their job, and uh, I think a lot of people are a bit confused about that. From from the outside
3: and isn't it that not all drag queens are actually gay as well
5: absolutely yeah there's there's some straight there's definitely straight drag queens out there too but I mean it's the world of of uh, gender as we know it is opening up so much more now and people are so much more free to kind of explore those sides of themselves because everyone has a masculine and a feminine side. uh, There's not that many people who are completely in touch with that.
3: And so you do have quite a masculine side to yourself as well, would you say?
5: Well, I can be, yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm... uh, I like to be a person who has... Uh, I like extremes. I like polarities. And, you know, at the same time that I have female drag, I have male drag too. Right. Yeah.
3: Oh. What do you mean by male drag? Like, what would that look like?
5: Uh, that would look like... I mean, uh, other stereotypes, really. And it's funny. It's being able to lampoon stereotypes. The thing that I like about drag, whether it be male or female, is that you somehow can... Uh, blend in, but then stand out at the same time.
3: Right. Okay, play it up. And so when you put on your male drag, your female drag, uh, you put the hair and makeup on, it's a real transformation. Um, Yeah. And does that have a big impact on the way you see yourself, your mood? Is it a completely split personality between your normal... Uh, drag.
5: <laughs> totally, it's Doctor Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a very shy person. Naturally, I'm very shy, and um, having that mask allows you so many freedoms. You can you can be, you know, as mad and crazy and wild and deverish or whatever as you want. But essentially, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a homebody. I'm a little bit boring, (laughs) but I love the, again, the extremes, you know.
3: And do you have any advice for any men out there who have always been fascinated with dressing up uh, but never had the courage to try it? Do you have any advice to give them of um, steps that they could take to perhaps
5: experiment with drag? Absolutely, just... Put a pair of heels on and a dress and get out there now. and You know, but and that's get the out thing. where? Everywhere. But,
3: but easy for <laughs> I'm not sure that every man's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> for them.
5: Well, of course, have fun at home. You know, experiment with your makeup and. I mean, there's nothing more fun than strutting around the house in heels or even invisible heels. They're one of my favorite pairs of shoes you can get. You know, just, you know. Even imbuing those kind of feminine uh, body movements is almost enough to kind of convey the, um, the message. I think just, yeah, experiment and have fun with it. And I know that some people aren't, you know, that brave, but I think just making those first steps is the, uh, is the key.
3: But what about people who are afraid of um, what other people are going to think of them? I mean, that's the biggest thing, the criticism of uh, people that they know especially, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, this must be such a huge thing to try and overcome, uh, that shock and criticism from others.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right. I think it's just about uh, doing it gently and also allowing the people around you into that you know side of your personality gently
3: right so step by step you just Absolutely. small steps just uh yeah okay yeah
5: ignore what i said before sorry <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right. and um you, who are your uh who's your inspiration you're a female inspiration performers artists famous uh, women in
5: history, or? I have lots and lots of inspirations. I, um, you know, from really, really basic ones, you know, people like uh, Marlene Dietrich and uh, also fashion designers. I love, you know, everything I do comes from a fashion base, you know, Uh, but then through to people like, you know, I read The Female Eunuch by Germaine Greer when I was in high school and that was completely transformative it was so enlightening and even that long after it had been written so much of it was so so true still
3: so one more question and this is uh, to do with styling Uh, now i love to play with hair pieces and wigs and uh, adding extra volume there's just so many more possibilities and So, but it's not such an easy uh, thing to really perfect, is the perfect hairpiece, especially. Um, So, what advice do you have, like, for keeping them so they don't look like dead rats (laughs) and uh, they also start to smell really really quick and also um, where to buy them like uh, is there any tips when you're looking for a hairpiece of what to buy or what not to buy
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really depends on whether you're using uh, synthetic hair or human hair. I personally like synthetic hair simply because styling it uh, is essentially a little bit easier. And it means that you don't have to style it every single time beyond, you know, a brush out or a comb up or whatever. Um, But I think also being fearless with it because, you know, you can always bring it back to its pretty close to its original state. Um, With synthetic hair, the way to to smooth it out and make it look nice is actually steaming it. I don't know if you know that.
3: No, I don't.
5: Yeah, because the way you set synthetic hair is is with steam. So if you've got a household steamer, You can very carefully, not applying too, too much, but comb it with with the steam. Okay. That'll straighten it and make it look shiny and lovely and new. And if you don't have a household steamer, can you just do it over a pot of boiling water? I've known people who have done that. I can't say the results have been quite (laughs) where they should be, but you know, give it a red hot go, I'd say. Okay. But uh, the other thing is wash them. You know, that's the most important thing. You know, make sure that you don't be scared of washing your wigs. Synthetic wigs are very hardy, you know, you can wash them in washing detergent. Wow. Soak okay. them in washing detergent, rinse them out, soak them for a little while. So washing detergent as opposed to shampoo? Yes. For synthetic hair, it's plastic, you know. Right. Um, Brush the wig out as much as possible Right. first. Soak it for, you know, a few hours in some warm uh, washing detergent,
0: Okay.
5: uh, you know laundry detergent uh, and then soak it for a little while in some uh, fabric uh, conditioner.
3: Oh okay. Yeah fabric softener
5: um, which will make it smell nice but also softens the fiber Um, and then hang it out to rinse it out hang it out to dry and it should be as good as new.
3: Oh good tip, fantastic, great. Good to know. So all of our listeners
2: are fans of our video tutorials and this month we're going to have an amazing makeup video tutorial that you're going to be able to uh, find a link on our facebook page facebook.com slash but that's only going to be on video so you're only going to have a little glimpse of it on the radio. So Dallas tell us tell us like a, your super special and secret makeup tip. What is your makeup secret?
5: Okay, it's a little bit embarrassing, (laughs) but I'm a lash whore. I love my false lashes, and I would actually, person. I've been known to say before that I would rather have a good set of eyelashes and no makeup than a full face of makeup with no lashes. Which is, you know, stretching the truth a little bit, <laughs> okay. but uh, my tip is to go for gold with your, um, with your beautiful eyelashes.
2: Mm. Wow! Thank you, Dallas, for this interview. It has been so amazing and so inspirational. So we came to the end of this interview and maybe we can end it with one very special song for you and say goodbye to our listeners with a very delicate and special song. Make love to us with music.
5: (laughs) Oh, thank you both so much for having me. I've had such a great time. Um, I'd like uh, to dedicate The One by Kylie Minogue to both of you because you're both The One.
3: Oh, oh, stop thank it, you. Oh, Thank you Stella. the one for us. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Force. Oh, such a charm.
5: Thanks, beauties. Thank you. <laughs>
2: now we are coming to the end part of the show where we answer your questions, and we have received a very interesting one this month from our listener Mario, and he's asking us Now, I have a question about another femdom related thing, I mean food fetish. How should I worship ladies feet? What is the best way to satisfy the lady by worshipping? Should I start when stockings are still on the feet? Should I take off the stocking from the legs during worshipping? Do you have any useful articles, tutorials about food fetish? I would be grateful for any tips about that topic. Best regards, Mario. So Lady Lu, what do you think about this? Do you like food fetishes and do you like your food to be worshipped? or What are your experiences about it?
3: Well, first of all, thank you, Mario, for your question. And um, the one time I did experience uh, a man massaging my feet, um, I was much more comfortable in the beginning with the stockings on because I didn't know him at all. He was a slave. Um, and, uh, yeah, I felt it to be something quite intimate, um, to take the stockings off is, is just too much from a stranger. Uh, so you've kind of, I've kind of felt safe and protected with my stockings on, um, and then I guess once you get comfortable with that person, then, then maybe the stockings could come off, but, uh.
2: I love empathetic sex. I'm always giving bad messages to our listeners. Um, I think that uh, for food fetishism as well for any fetishism, the atmosphere just has to be right, and then you push your limits further and further, and. I have to I have to admit that I really I, in general I don't love food fetishism because I really don't like like people exaggerating touching me and things and I get annoyed very quickly but when the atmosphere is right and just going really deep into licking every single uh a toe of the feet I really really love it but for me food fetishism just has to be like really Dirty sex, and uh, there ne- there needs to be like a, a good atmosphere. So, at uh, the contrary, you see, I don't like it when it's too safe. I just like when you just ah uh, lick my lick my shoe and then lick my feet. So I guess you have to figure out the lady that you have in front of you and. Uh, you know just start and look at her reaction is she a bit annoyed by it is she ashamed of maybe you know sometimes us ladies it's stupid things like maybe our pedicure at night is not perfect you know it happens to me sometimes you know I'm just like, ah, don't not tonight so just try on things it's a game sex is always a game so just have fun with whoever you have in front of you
1: Diesmal gibt es eine Frage von unserem Hörer Mario. Es geht um Fußfetischismus. Die Frage lautet, wie kann ich am besten die Füße einer Lady verehren bzw. wie kann ich eine Lady am besten befriedigen, wenn ich dabei ihre Füße verehre? Also wenn ich ihre Füße massiere, soll ich ihre Strümpfe ausziehen oder sie anlassen? Wie findet ihr das am besten? Lady Lou bekam einmal ihre Füße von einem Mann massiert, Und sie kannte diesen Mann nicht, er war ein Sklave und sie fühlte sich viel besser damit, dass sie ihre Strümpfe anbehalten konnte, weil sie ihn nicht kannte, aber wenn man die Person näher kennt und sich in der Situation wohlfühlt, kann man die Strümpfe auch ruhig ausgezogen bekommen. Für Lada muss auch die Atmosphäre stimmen, doch wenn die Atmosphäre stimmt, dann kann es richtig schmutzig werden. Mario sollte also sicherstellen, dass die Frau sich wohlfühlt, die Atmosphäre stimmt und dann kann er Stück für Stück immer weitergehen.
2: So listeners, sex is a game and do you want to play it with us? Send us your questions on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or even better send us a voice message on our Facebook page facebook.com slash burlesconair. How to do it? I think you already know there's a super funny video tutorial on our Facebook page so just check it figure out how to send us this voice message and they're super funny to receive we love them and it's gonna be a huge pleasure for us to answer to them. And don't forget to check as well our amazing video tutorials on our YouTube channel. You can find them on our Facebook page. So don't miss the next one with our amazing guest Dallas De La Force. And Suzanne is going to receive quite a transformation from her usual no makeup face to drag queen. I mean, <laughs> amazing tips, amazing results. Check that video coming out in two weeks.
1: Die nächste Sendung Burlesque on Air könnt ihr am Mittwoch, den 5. August, 20 Uhr, auf Alex Berlin im Radio hören. Verantwortlich für diese Sendung bin ich, Susanne.
2: So Lady Lou, it's time to officially
3: say goodbye to you it is but i will be uh checking in ringing in i'll probably have a baby attached to my boob and not so many sexy stories but i'm sure i'll have something to say and uh yeah i will be checking in and giving you a call every now and again okay
2: and i'm very excited to have the next episodes completely free and let's see what's gonna happen adventures adventures adventures
1: Yes, we wish you all the best, Lady Lu, for your waters, for your birth, and that everything goes all right.
3: And come back soon. Thank you, girls. I'll miss you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, listeners. See you soon. Bye. Bye.